Hello there, welcome to Talking Dogs. Always a real pleasure to have you with me. It's Graham Hall, and it's been well over a decade now since I started working with owners to help them with their unruly dogs. Now, as a result of my work, I'm often known as the dog father, and you might recognise my voice from TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. Now, I'm bringing even more experience, advice and opinions to you on this podcast in the hope that if you started to run out of patience with your pooch, you'll leave with some new ideas that you might not have considered before. Now today I'm going to try and cover a whole year of a dog's life in a single episode. I've always been ambitious. Um, I want to take you through what to expect from the moment you bring a new puppy home to how their behaviour might change by the time they reach the first birthday. Now, having said just that, I think we actually need to start before you bring your puppy home because you need to consider just how much a dog will change your life. Dan sent me an email on that very topic. So he said, hi, Graham, Uh, I've been wanting a dog for quite a while, but my wife really isn't keen on the idea. Uh I know she'd be absolutely fine if or when the dog came. She admittedly says uh, she'd love it if we had it, but it's pretty much against committing to the idea whenever I suggest it. So, okay, that's a bit confusing. So she would love it, but she wouldn't commit. Okay, I get it. I feel quite strongly about getting a dog for exercise. Yep. Good mental health. Yep. And as a bit of a hobby. Hmm. Um, Yeah, you kind of lost me at that point. (laughs) Bit more than a hobby, Dan, I have to say. More like a lifestyle. Um, I was around dogs as a child. My partner wasn't. That's something I hear a lot. I've been thinking of converting my garage and utility to a living area for a dog when I was at work so that my wife had little to no responsibility. And he explains that uh, I work shifts combined with working at home so the dog wouldn't be left alone for more than a few hours at a time. So that's good thinking. Uh, Part of me thinks... This is what a lot of dog owners would do if they were living alone or single, for example. Mm. But maybe I'm trying to justify it to myself. I think he might be. Um, Do you think this is irresponsible, fine, or need both of us on board before getting a dog? Um, There's a couple of bits that are bordering on irresponsible, if I was being harsh. There's a couple of bits that are fine, but you absolutely both need to be on board before getting a dog. Sure you do. There are loads of reasons why you would want to get a dog. And you've mentioned a couple there. To get more exercise, they are great for mental health. Uh, If there are children around, it doesn't sound like it in your case, they can be really good to teach children responsibility. Loads and loads of reasons why you'd want to get a dog. Probably speaking to the converted here on this podcast. But it is a big deal. It's a big lifestyle change. And I think it sounds as though your wife is saying one thing to you and perhaps thinking another, like, it's a big deal listen she's right if that's what she's thinking you know holidays are going to change you're not going to be going abroad for for long stints possibly certainly not without putting the the child care into place as i like to think of it and you know in the same way that you wouldn't bring a child into your house without your partner's enthusiasm you shouldn't with a puppy so you definitely both need to be on the same same hymn sheet you know probably the way to think of it is not so much what's right for you but what's right for the dog? Um, there's a famous quote from J.F. Kennedy in his, it was in his inauguration speech, and he said, um, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Um, that was January of 1961, 60 years ago, by the way. The concept's the same for a dog. Ask not what this dog could bring to your life, but what you can do for the dog.
Okay, so once you've decided that getting a puppy is indeed right for all the humans in the house, as well as the dog itself, one of the first new concepts that you might come across is puppy vaccinations. And Susanna's got some concerns on this front. Hi Graham, my name's Susanna. Um, I'm in Berkshire. I'm um, picking up a new puppy tomorrow called Jasper. He's a cross between a French bulldog and a Shih Tzu, and I've booked him in for his first vaccinations in a few days' time. Um, I'm just wondering about whether you've got any advice around vaccinations. I feel comfortable around the first set of vaccinations that I I get from the vet, and I'll take their advice. Um, But I've seen some sort of negative information online about annual boosters, and I just wanted to know what your thoughts are around that. That would be very helpful. Thank you. Well, thanks for getting in touch, Susanna. Um, So you're in Berkshire. Woof, woof. Good place to have a puppy. Um, Interesting. There's loads of stuff out on the internet and you've got to be careful what you read. Uh, And for every point you read, there's going to be an opposite one. Uh, So let's state the problem, shall we, to start with. So the the concern from people was that you you get the dog vaccinated and, you know, that vaccination probably should last for life, um, like a lot of things do with us, but not always, as we know. The worry was, whether that's right or not, was that when you get a booster, it's overdosing them and that can lead to all sorts of other problems. It's been talked about for donkey's years. Um, Actually, going back to the the early 2000s when I first got my two Rottweilers, it was a big deal then. There was a book that came out all about it. And I've talked to loads of vets over the years uh, about this very thing. You know, and ultimately they're scientists and they go into being a vet because they want the right things for animals. They want to help animals. So I know some people will say, well, they're all part of the establishment. But, you know, they do look at both sides. When you go for a booster, they don't give the dog all of the components of the original vaccination. So there are different parts to it. So they'll check to see what's required because some of those parts last for perhaps, I think it's about three years something like that and others need to be every year so you're not sort of overdosing things and these things are, all, are always being reviewed and and changed so i put my trust with the vets they really know what they're doing what's true now won't be true in the next five uh, or ten years you know things change all the time so the truth is you just can't keep up with it uh, i'm not a vet so i would ask a vet for advice a vet that i trust and and you know feel free to ask a couple of vets no reasonable vet's ever going to be opposed to questions so just open that dialogue with them uh, and and take a judgment from that you know, part of being a vet is keeping up with the latest things that are going on. So they're probably more up to date than some of the people, dare I say, that are posting on the internet. My last thought on vaccination is this. We should always remember what we're protecting the dog against. Some pretty terrible diseases that your dog could actually die from. And you're balancing that with the probably very small risk of vaccination. A lot of your time early on in your relationship with the puppy will be spent toilet training. Now, I dedicated an entire episode to toilet training earlier in the series, so do go back and listen to that. But Julie emailed with a very specific question that I've no doubt many people wonder about. She says, I'm getting a nine-week-old puppy in the next few weeks. I plan to be at home on leave for the first three weeks, and then I'll work at home as much as I can. But I envisage having to go into the office maybe a couple of mornings a week and possibly the odd full day. I work close to home and I can pop home at lunchtime. I'm just wondering what the best plan of action for toilet training would be. Is it likely he'll be trained in three weeks because he won't have had his second jabs and he won't be able to go to doggy daycare? Well, thanks for your question, Julie. Um, The bad news, I'm afraid, is it's not likely he's going to be trained in three weeks. I think you might be really lucky. Uh, It can happen, but it's it's unlikely. I, I think most 
puppies are probably about four or five months old before they're completely there, both number ones and number twos, right? You're going to come across a few people saying, look, my puppy was perfect from day one, from the first week, but they are unusual. They're anomalies, really. And the only people you ever hear talking about toilet training are the ones who, who were lucky, you know, so you'd be forgiven for thinking that everybody around you that's had a puppy, everybody on the internet, it was all fixed in a week. Let me tell you, that's not typical. Right, let's talk about number ones and number twos. I think we know what we mean. Number ones being we. <laughs> the pattern usually is that they're okay with number ones pretty quickly. So they usually get that, but number twos just takes a while longer. That's what to expect. I think the most likely thing is that you'd still have a toilet training problem in terms of number twos when you go back to work. So let's at least give him somewhere he could go. So if he's in a crate, perhaps you put, uh, you know, a a puppy pad down or old-fashioned newspapers if you like as the old way of doing it at one end of the crease don't put your ipad down with the guardian on it that ain't gonna work or if he's not in a crate maybe just there's one area where you've got a couple of puppy pads so you could go to that area that having been said i don't really like using puppy pads an awful lot i've been to houses where they're everywhere all round and yeah sure we're teaching the dog to go on a puppy pad but we're actually teaching them to go in the house while you're there that doesn't make sense but it kind of makes sense in a situation where actually you're out of the house and there's there's no way around it and obviously you know i'm taking for granted here you're going to minimize the amount of time that you're not there when you've got a little puppy the key thing about teaching toilet training is letting them know where you want them to go so if you've got a garden out the back i guess most of us have go to that place hang around with him or her it can take a while so if you go out for a minute or two particularly in the winter time it's cold and that's it then you go it's not he's not going to go and come back in again chances are he's going to go back in later on when they're playing and running around they often don't go to the toilet a bit like us actually so it's only when you calm down <laughs> you think actually <laughs> now i've stopped running around i have to go to the toilet it's the same with a puppy so you need to give him enough time when you're out there just hanging around and doing nothing not revving him up before he's going to go ah right toilet and of course when he does that's when you can praise him at normal times, I would say you, you need to have at least a week off at home with your puppy when they first arrive, just to bed things in. And if you can't take that time off right now, perhaps wait until there's holiday to be taken later in the year. Now, Julie's a great example. Spend as much time at home with the puppy that you can, really. Now, since 2020, of course, we've, we've all been working at home quite a lot more. Now, that's kind of good news for puppies, but we can't always work from home all the time. Now, like Julie, if you are at home, do pop out to the shops randomly to get them used to you coming and going in those first few weeks as well. So you're not suddenly dealing with separation anxiety. So it's it's funny. On the one hand, it's great if you can be home in those early weeks. But on the other hand, there's a potential problem. If you're never out, they never get used to being on their own. You're building up problems for yourself for later. The question I'm often asked is how long can you leave a dog in, in a house? And the answer is it depends on the dog. Like, it depends a lot. So, for example, my old Rotties, two of them, they used to keep each other company. I could leave them in there for, I mean, four hours easily. And they would genuinely be happy. They were adult dogs by then as well. That's really quite different to some dogs. You can't leave them for four minutes. So when they've already got a separation anxiety problem. So you have to really judge that on your own dog. Just as another point for when your puppy's really little, it's really important 
to give puppies a bit of exercise but not to overdo it and the problem here is that those growing joints can be kind of worn down and cause problems with things like hip dysplasia and so on in, in the future so there's an old kind of rule of thumb that's been around for, for donkey's years and it's for every month of life uh, any given walk can be uh, five minutes so let me explain so let's say we've got a puppy that's four months old four times five minutes is 20 minutes any given walk shouldn't exceed 20 minutes now that's going to come as a bit of a shock i think uh, because it's not long at all the issue is that you know if you take them out for twice that you can be causing long-term damage and the puppy won't tell you they're having a high all the time it's fine they're not in pain right now but you can be causing yourself and them of course a big problem so you can tire them out with their brains. You go through this stage where you really just physically almost can't tire them out with enough of a walk, but just keep them thinking, play little games. You can play hide and seek with treats in a living room, keep them outside, hide a few uh, and let the puppy in, that kind of thing. So um, keep them mentally stimulated and do the right amount of physical exercise. So you've done all your puppy training, maybe you've gone to some classes, great. You've created a great bond with your puppy and she's behaving really well. And then all of a sudden, she seems to forget all of her training. Now this was Sarah's experience. Hi Graham, my name's Sarah Thompson and I'm a first time fur mum to a mongrel called Molly. Molly's nearly nine months old and we think that she is a cocker lab cross. Recently, her behaviour's got so bad, we can't get her off another dog if she's playing and she will not come. Her recall is non-existent. She started regressing with toilet training as well, so she's going indoors far more often than she had been. She's not listening to commands. I've got lots of people giving me lots of different advice and I just don't know what is the best way forward, so I was wondering if you could help me with that. Thanks, bye. Yeah, I reckon I can help you with that, Sarah. <laughs> I think I know exactly what's going on. Molly, mongrel Molly, I like that. She's she's hit teenage. That's what's happened. So you're saying she's forgetting toilet training. She's not coming back when she's called. All these individual problems, right? So it's, it's like it's all going wrong. And to me, they all fall under one umbrella. It's screaming out teenager, adolescent dog, right? So she's pushing her boundaries. Recall's gone to pot because she doesn't think she, she just needs to to come back anymore toilet well it's just way more convenient to go in the living room frankly why would i bother going outside particularly if it's a cold time of year when it started to happen she's testing whether you really mean what you say in effect she's like look when i was a kid i took it for granted that i had to do everything that i was asked right but now i've grown up a bit i'm starting to think make me <laughs> do i have to right <laughs> i'm chuckling because i'm uh, it's just occurred to me, but my mum, who's called Molly, by the way, funnily enough, must have heard me say, do I after, or me and my sister both going, do we after, millions of times when we were kids. And it's the same with dogs, right? So in dog terms, it's about five to six months old when hormones change. Females often have their first season, anytime between then and about 18 months. Males, well, the testosterone starts to kick in and then you're in the world of trouble. And they struggle with those hormones. Sadly, it's when a lot of dogs get rehomed 
because owners just don't know to expect it. And understandably, they're thinking, well, everything was fine. We thought we were okay here, but it's going wrong. We've got a bad in here and they can't cope. You think we, we, you know, we didn't sign up for this. Um, maybe somebody else can do a better job and off the dog goes to a rescue center. So listen, the best advice I can give you almost is do nothing. Um, around a year old, they, they come back round, provided you stick to your guns. So let me qualify do nothing. You still need to be praising the good behaviour. Don't lose your rag. You know, do calmly say no, you know, when you mean it and, and just stick to those rules. For example, the toilet trend, if it's it's all gone wrong, it's still no, not here. Take them outside. Yes, good girl. It's frustrating, but don't let that rule what you're doing just keep at it and it will come right i promise and you don't often hear me promise things because things with, with dog behavior you can't really put bets on normally but i've seen it so many times before so get your signals right if you abandon all your previous commands and praise in your frustration they'll be getting mixed signals and it's never going to work focus on positive go back to praising when she's getting it right as i say that might have slipped it often is the case when we get frustrated you know we forget to praise the good bits because you're basically looking at the dog going you little <laughs> so keep training it'll feel like you're knocking your head against a brick wall but it'll come right you're not on your own there was a study I, I wrote about this uh, in my book. I was I wanted to write about the science behind the teenage thing, which a lot of dog people have known for years, and I struggled. But I finally found a brand new study, 2020, University of Newcastle. They looked at 285 dogs, and it was a combination of behavioural tests and questionnaires, and they identified a significant worsening in behaviour at the peak of teenage, which is about eight months. So let's talk about that. From about five, six months on is often when it starts to go downhill. Eight, nine months, which is exactly where you're at with, with Molly, is the peak of it. And it usually then gets better, is what they found, by about 12 months. And that kind of, it reflects what I've found in, in real life. So here's a quote from, from that study. In most dogs, it seems that adolescent phase disobedient behaviour exists, but does not last. Unfortunately, the welfare consequences could be lasting because this corresponds with the peak age at which dogs are relinquished to shelters. That's food for thought. There was an awful lot of stuff in the news at the very start of 2021 around lockdown puppies going off to shelters and almost all of the the news stories was kind of hinting at you know here's these sort of callous sort of shallow owners who bought a puppy just for entertainment in the first lockdown and uh, and now they just can't be bothered so they're just getting rid of them all you know even though they've paid like three thousand pounds for some of them you might be inclined to think that would bring a bit of commitment because it's not so much easy come easy go i'm not buying that yeah sure there are a few callous people around but they're in the minority aren't they i think really what's happened when when you start to think about it march april may 2020 people were buying these lockdown puppies by january 2021 they've hit teenage big style and nobody knew about it so we've got thousands of new dog owners thousands of little puppies You've just become thousands of teenagers and it seems inevitable and very sad really that right now that's the time when they all end up in shelters and it could have been avoided if people just knew. Sarah, I can imagine you, you might have been starting to think that you're doing something wrong uh, as a dog parent, that you're a bad mum, you maybe or something like that. I promise you, you're not. It isn't just you that's going through this. It's just what dogs do.
If you'd like my help, support or thoughts on a particular dog behaviour issue, do send an email or definitely, uh, you know it by now, a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. I always look forward to hearing from you so I can offer guidance later on in the series. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'd love it if you'd rate, review or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the training tips that could make a real difference to your life. Take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now.